John 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. Well, it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb, verse 2. <clears throat> so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, to the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, <clears throat> They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciples, and they were going towards the tomb, and both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter, that would be John himself, <clears throat> and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, went into the tomb. <clears throat> he saw the linen clothes lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and he believed. <clears throat> so John actually confessed that he actually believed in the resurrection of Jesus, and nobody else did. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And the disciples went back to their homes. Verse 11, and that's what I want to focus on. We're reading all that we read just to find a context. <clears throat> but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she stooped, looked into the tomb. Look up here a little bit. The reason Mary wept was because Mary, number one, she didn't believe what Jesus told her or that she, somehow she couldn't hear what Jesus said, that he would rise from the dead. Mary had hadn't got the faith that Jesus actually now is resurrected. But she loved Jesus nonetheless. She haven't got the faith. I want to tell you this. A lot of times we struggle with different areas in our lives, and we find that we are lacking of faith. And in the old days, people would judge and condemn us and say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have faith? And so we, we, we basically would, would, would withdraw and shrink from the presence of God. But I want to tell you this. Jesus will stop everything to come and meet with you as long as your heart is desired. You know, there was this father who had a son who had schizophrenic problem. And, you know, he, he came to Jesus and Jesus you say, asked Jesus, can you do something for my son? And Jesus said, all things are possible for those who believe. And then he said, Lord, I believe, but I actually don't. Help my unbelief. Did Jesus stop healing him? No, Jesus embraced that. He loves all of us who understand our own weaknesses. But anyways, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And verse 12, and she saw two angels in white, two messengers, angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. <clears throat> they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? If you have a Bible with you when you're taking notes, I want you to underline this. Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing, but did not know that it was Jesus. Isn't that weird? She had been with Jesus all this time. She was so taken aback by her loss. And Jesus said to a woman, why are you weeping? Again, underline that. Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, 
If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. I want to tell you this. <clears throat> Mary felt at that time on the first day of the week on Sunday that she had lost all hope. You know, she came to the tomb, didn't really believe Jesus was, was going to have a resurrection. She didn't believe that. But she came nonetheless because she, her precious Savior was laying in her tomb. The person that gave her all the aspiration, all the inspiration, all the hope, all the love, all the forgiveness, all the grace. And she had followed him and she had anointed him. She, she believed everything that he had said. She, she, she served him and, and along together with, of course, other Marys and Marthas and also other disciples. She, she served this God. She is such an affection for Jesus. And she came to the tomb and hoping just to see Jesus and anoint him with oil and anoint him with ointment or whatever just to serve and minister to this hope that is gone. And at least she can see some semblance of what she had aspired to or had some hope with. Even though she didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead, but she... She took Jesus as a symbol or the person that gave her hope. So she came in, and when she got there, she couldn't find Jesus. For her, Jesus was the aspiration, hope, and joy, and everything about what she would be. And she felt like somebody had taken that away. From her. She didn't believe in Jesus' resurrection as much as she ought to, but she had put a lot of hope on Jesus. And so she started to weep. It's like somebody she loved had died because that's what she believed. She wept. I'm standing here this morning. I know that there are people here this morning. You are still weeping. You may have lost your children. Some of them are not serving God. Lost your innocence, lost something. You've lost your, your hope. You lost your husband or your wife. Somebody betrayed you, abused you. And you're still weeping this morning. You don't find any hope in the world. You try different things, of course. We all must. Because we all do not want to live in hopelessness. So we try different things. But in your heart, you're still weeping. Some of the moms and dads, you're weeping for your children. Some of you are weeping for loss of job. You're weeping that you've been betrayed by the loved ones. There is such a sorrow in your heart this morning. You put up a front. And everybody seems to think that you're okay. You can't fool people, but maybe you're not even trying to fool them. You're just trying to protect yourself. That's why you put up a front. 
and you're weeping on the inside without hope. Mary was like that at that moment. She was weeping. She lost everything. You lost everything. Or you lost something. You know, the Word of God says that when Jesus rose from the dead, he took a cloud of witnesses with him and sent to heaven. And that was the plan. But if you put the two and two together, if you read verse 15, let's read it together. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said in Aramaic, Rabboni. Verse 17, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have yet Ascend, I, I have not yet ascended to the Father. In other words, what Jesus did is that she, she, he, Jesus had an agenda. And Jesus stopped. Because she loved Jesus. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus loved her. Even eternal Business must be put aside because she needed, he needed to minister to her. He needed to let her know that he is alive. All is not lost. All is not gone. So Jesus said, she just came to Mary and said, Mary, and immediately Mary recognized the voice of Jesus, you see. I think this morning many of us are weeping for whatever. Our resurrected Jesus is stopping the works of eternity and he is visiting you. The reason you're here, you could have been anywhere else this Sunday morning. I'm sure there are thousands of great programs happening all across the nation, all across the city, in different churches, about all the fancy programs, which is great. But yet you find yourself here. The reason is because you are weeping. And God wants to touch you. The resurrected God. He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to judge you. He's not here to make you feel worse than yourself. He's not here to say you haven't done enough. You haven't given enough. You haven't sacrificed enough. He's here to call your name. If you could just listen. What is your name that he's calling? Is it Mary? Is it Peter? Is it Martha? Who is it? That he's calling. He's calling you. He's stopping you. Everything that he's doing this morning. So that he can speak to you. To give you hope. You know the voice of Jesus is amazing. And that's why I always teach people and encourage people. Learn to hear the voice of God. Because at the end of the day, theology is not going to do a thing for you. I may be the best preacher in the world. Sometimes I do believe that, but that's not true. But I may be the best preacher in the world. But my words cannot do anything for you. I can lead you to the water. 
I can lead you to the fountain of life. But it is the fountain of life, Jesus himself, that could satisfy your need, quench your thirst, heal your brokenness, and give you hope and joy and peace. Sometimes we all feel that all is at loss. There is no hope. Look at what the doctor said about my cancer. Look at what the doctor said about my terminal disease. Or, or that, or that so who else is going to love me? Who, can, who else would love me? Some, my husband left me. My wife left me. Who else would tell me that he or she loves me? Well, God is not here to give you religion. He's looking at you not as a religious subject, but a son or a daughter that he loves so much. I remember a preacher used to say this, and it really touched my heart in the story, and I've repeated many times here, is that when, when, uh, when they brought the prostitute to Jesus, the religious people wanted to stone her. The religious people look at her as dirty, unworthy, full of mess. Cast away. But if you ever have a daughter in your life, you know, you understand what it is I'm going to say. For Jesus is to behold the daughter that has been abused by hundreds of men, broken and painful. And the heart of the Father was revealed then. He's not here to condemn you. He said to the woman, neither will I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Behold. Be holy. Be righteous again. Be, be complete again. You are qualified now to be whole. There are those that are very lonely today. You've taken on some substitute to quench your loneliness. And it worked a little bit. I'm sure it has. You got involved and in some relationship. I'm not here to judge you because you have a need. A deep yearning need. But I want you to know the God who rose from the dead this morning. He's here to fill that need. He's here to fill your heart to overflow. That you will feel secure again. You feel whole again. You feel completely restored like a child. Some of many, many of us have grown up in a family that we never heard our parents say, I love you. I love you. And so we go around the world to look for that love in the wrong places. You know, we're actually weeping still in our hearts. Jesus wants you to know that I am your Father and I love you. I love you. I love you. You don't have to earn that love. You don't have to sacrifice for that love. 
He's here with arms wide open. What does his resurrection mean to you? Does it mean it's some kind of story? Does it mean that it's time for you to eat fish? You know, a lot of people in different cultures, they do that, right? Catholics, fish time. You know, a lot of people don't know what it means to eat fish on Resurrection Sunday. But, you know, when I was in University of Toronto and I was being educated by a Catholic professor, and uh, he was basically telling me that um, when I was doing the New Testament survey, and uh, they were telling us about the reason why um, they had fish on Easter. Did you know why? Well, no, it's nothing to do with spiritual matter. The Council of Rome decided to do fish is because the industry around that region has been so bad that they need to revive the fish industry. I kid you not. <laughs> and some you know, people have come up with stories or whatever. I tell you, it's straight from University of Toronto, St. Michael's College. I graduated from that Catholic school. Yeah, it's a shock for you, right? But it's okay. You love to eat. I love to eat fish. I eat fish all year long. Glory to Jesus. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but that's the truth. But I want to tell you this. What does resurrection mean to you? I'll tell you what it should mean to you is that you're loved, you're embraced, and he's calling your name. To tell you, all is well. He's calling your name to tell you that you have not lost everything. Jesus just wanted to make sure Mary knew all is well, all is not lost. Yes, we spoke a lot about victory, healing, provision in this church. We spoke a lot about that. We spoke a lot about the resurrection, the meaning of the resurrection, the power of it. Oh, I wish you could learn more of it. I wish you could learn about the power of the Holy Spirit, how he can empower you to, to do mighty things. You can pray for the sick and they become healed. You can, you, you can lead people to the everlasting. You can see God supernaturally provide for you fully and abundantly. Oh, I wish I could teach you all that, but all that will not mean anything unless you know the Father loves you and that He thinks the world of you. Some people say, you know, I've heard this many times. Do you know how many times I have to tell my children that I love them? Every single day I try not to forget. Although, come to think about it, I should do that more often with my wife. Sometimes I, I tell my kids more often than I tell my wife. So I'm going to say, say that to her. I love you, honey. You're so sweet. <laughs> but we always want to hear that our Father loves us. So I want to tell you this morning, the resurrection this morning, the power of resurrection is that Jesus loves you and he is calling you by name. All you need to do is respond to that name. Respond to that name. Mary, turn around and say, Rabboni. Jesus is an endearing term. Endearing term. 
Rabboni. Every head's bow, every eye's close. I don't know whether you have been a Christian for a long time or you're not even a Christian this morning. Or that you've been away from the Lord or whatever. I want to give an invitation to you. You say, Pastor, I hear the voice of my Father. I know I have tried everything. Try to try love, try relationships, try family, try making money, try different things. I've tried everything. I'm successful in all that. But I'm empty on the inside. Or perhaps you're the individual that have lost everything. You thought your hope is all gone. And you want to hear Jesus' voice calling your name. Mary. Audrey. Paul. Whatever your name is. Susie. I, I don't know any of those people, so I'm not, it's not, I'm just saying, what is your name? Because Jesus is calling you. If you want to respond to that call this morning, I want to ask you to stand up right now. I want to pray for you all over this place. I want you to stand up and say, I want to respond to that call. Nobody's looking around. And you say, you're a pastor. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. You're not being embarrassed. You're just recognizing that voice and want to respond to that voice. You know, the Word of God says that if we, if we, Confess the Father before men. The Father will also acknowledge us before His angels. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Make this your best Easter. So if you're the individual, say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I hear the voice of Jesus. I've been away or whatever it is. You want to respond. I want to invite you to come up. We'll wait for you. Come on, stand up. Stand up all over this place. Stand up. Don't be shy. It could be one, two. Or just stand up all on the balcony. Is there anyone here? Thank you. Anybody else? Stand up. Come on. Got two. Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Stand up. You say, I want to respond to the voice of the Father. Thank you. Come on. I know there's more. Three. Thank you, Jesus. Stay standing. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? I know there are more. I know there are more. I'm waiting for you. This is your day. And God is going to make a huge difference in your life. Up in the balcony. That's right. That's good. Thank you for standing up, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray with you. I think it's going to be the best day of your life. We'll make one more call. I know there's somebody else still need to stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. Jesus loves you. Okay. Now I want everybody under the sound of my voice pray this prayer together with those who are standing.
in agreement. And I want you to get ready to hear the voice of God now. To tell you that He loves you. To restore you. To give you back what has been robbed from you. To tell you how much He loves you. Everybody under the sound of my voice, I want you to pray this prayer. And those of you who are standing, this is your prayer. I ask you to follow what I say. Heavenly Father. Come on, everybody. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father. This morning, I need you. I open my heart for you. I open my ears to hear you calling my name. I want to respond to your love. I want to respond to your embrace. I'm going to stop running. I'm going to start following you. Come into my heart. I come before you in Jesus' name. Through your son Jesus, who loved me and died for my sin. So today, I'm responding. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Fill me with the love of Jesus, the love of the Father. Open up my eyes. Open up my understanding to see how much I am loved right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. If this is the first time you make that prayer or the second time or whatever, the Bible says heaven rejoices. And let's all rejoice together. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Everybody to stand, please. Everybody to stand. Now, for those of you who... Um, who have accepted the Lord the first time? We we want to bless you today, and we want to we want to uh, uh, minister to you. So, um, if if you have the opportunity, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. This is going to stay here for about ten minutes, and to pray for people. You want somebody to pray for you? Just come up, and and we'll pray and bless you. And and if you need some materials to help you to grow in the Lord, we will also we also have those materials, and we want to bless you with them. And just talk to the prayer team members. And as we sing. What are we going to sing? Okay, He knows my name. As we sing the last song, and I pray that God will bless you and go with you, and that this week will be an amazing week because you, are known, you have known about the love of the Father, you have known about the love of God, and that you will experience His presence this week. And as you do, you will see more victory, more hope, more joy in your life. And God is going to answer your cry as you come to Him humbly before Him. This is not the end of it. This is the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. Now, I want to invite you to come to our part blessing. If you're part of it, it's going to happen right after the service. And if you're a visitor, please, you can come for free. It's your first time here. You can join us for free. We don't have, you don't have to bring any food. Uh, and also, please collect your gifts at the visitor table. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've answered our prayer and our cry. And that you've spoken to us 
And I pray, Father, for those who had given their hearts to you to respond to your call, respond to your love. Holy Spirit, reveal to them more by the day of how much you love them. Reveal to them, give them the revelation of the Father's love more every day. No matter how old or how young they are, they need the Father's love. So I pray for that in Jesus' name. And I pray that your presence will go with them, your goodness and mercy will follow them, your face will shine upon them, and they will be blessed all the days of their life in Jesus' name. God bless you. And uh, worship team, go ahead. Come on, let's praise the Lord.